Paul and I recently started uh, watching um, a somewhat older uh, science fiction uh, television show that was on for one year. Some of you may have seen it and, and know it well. It's called Firefly, which is a, a mixture of genres of uh, space, science fiction, western, cowboy, and comedy. Kind of like all is perfect, right? Uh, made by Joss Whedon, uh, whom I've quoted here before. Uh, and unfortunately canceled after one season. Uh, so in his angst, he created a film version uh, called uh, Serenity, which uh, shortly followed afterward. But uh, in one of the early episodes, the uh, the main character uh, named Mal, who's like just sort of this, uh, this guy who does odd jobs in space, um, you know, sort of living outside of the law, he... Um, he goes to do this uh, job for sort of like a mob boss who has this vague Eastern European accent named Nishka. And uh, Nishka explains that uh, if, if you do everything right, I don't want to do this. I'll, I'll slip into like a, 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 I was about to slip into like a, a Dracula accent, but that's not right. <laughs> I'll just speak in plain English. It, you know, if you do everything right, all will be well and you'll get your money. But if you fail, I'll kill you. <laughs> like your option is to do do the heist and get it right. Uh, and he says, I have a reputation. My reputation is not from gossip. It's from fact. And so to prove his reputation, and he says, Mal, your reputation is based on gossip. Mine is based on fact. And to prove his reputation of if you fail, I will kill you, he opens these doors and there's a guy, a dead, a corpse hanging uh, from his feet, a young man who he killed, basically saying, this guy failed his job. And he says, it was my nephew. <laughs> I'm getting an earful at the dinner table for my wife uh, because it's her sister's son. Uh, well, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, what about you? There might be things uh, in your life that uh, you've had a similar experience where it was like you either do it right or if you if you don't, it's you know off with your head. There will be blood. Um, uh, maybe not necessarily to that degree, but it felt that way, didn't it? You know, just sort of like this is your one shot at that test. Um, I uh, when I was in college at first, I had two majors. At first, I was a journalism major, and then I just sort of switched to general communications because, and I did a journalism minor instead because I took a, a class called uh, reporting, Journalism 300. And the professor was a sort of retired, quasi-retired uh, 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 newspaper reporter. And he was a stickler about two things. AP, uh, Associate, Associated Press Style, is a style manual that you use with the rules. You had to get it absolutely right. And you may not misspell anyone's name. You had to do actual reporting for this class, like work a beat. Uh, and so you interview people. If you if you misspell this person's name, automatic fail, no matter how good the article was. Uh, and his reasoning was because often that's the only time someone's name is in the in the press. And if you if you misspell it, that's a huge disappointment. And I just I mean it was the lowest grade that I got in college, you know, because I couldn't get these down. Uh, and I just felt like there was no mercy in this class. It was the worst class I'd ever taken. So much so I switched majors. Well, the author uh, of the Hebrews uh, speaks similarly about, uh, he talks about two mountains in this passage. He speaks similarly about Mount Sinai versus Mount Zion. Uh, and there are two important, there are many themes to, uh, to, to Hebrews. So don't hear me saying these are the only two themes, but there are two important themes that come up 
throughout uh, Hebrews. Uh, uh, one is about is speaking, and the other is about blood. And both of those things come up here. And the blood is in reference to sacrificial systems. Just as the, 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 the young man was hanging in Nishka's closet, you know, uh, he, was a, he was a sacrifice. The blood was spilled because things didn't go right. And uh, Nishka's rage had to be uh, mounted upon this young man. Uh, similarly, Hebrews uh, often talks about speaking, the voice, the cry, and the blood, the atoning sacrifice, the sacrificial system. And when we hear about Mount Sinai, wasn't that great when Brandon was reading it? The, uh, did you hear the thunder? <laughs> I mean, it was perfect. I couldn't have planned it any better because that's the image of Mount Sinai. You know, thunder, <laughs> the cloud. Uh, it's, it's gloomy, you know, scary. Uh, it demands absolute perfection. The covenant of uh, Sinai. When Moses gave the law, when he came down from, when the thunder was clapping and he came down from the mountain, gave the law, do you remember what he did? There was some blood there from a bull and he took uh, probably some, uh, probably a, you know, like a branch or something uh, with leaves and dipped it in the blood because when he gave them the law, the, the people of Israel, like like Moses, like me standing before you, if you were the people of Israel, they said, all this we will do. We will we will maintain this law. And so he puts uh, the branch in the blood and sprinkled it on the people to seal the covenant and blood, basically saying, if you fail, it'll be just like this for you. You'll be like the, the, the young man uh, hanging from his feet in the closet. Uh, it demands absolute uh, perfection. Uh, and Hebrews also in this passage mentions the blood of Abel uh, to explain these ideas, to, to provide a, a similar contrast uh, about Sinai versus Zion. Abel is being a lot like Sinai. Remember in Genesis uh, chapter 4, after Cain kills his brother Abel, the voice of Abel's blood cried out from the ground for what? It cried out for vengeance, for retribution uh, that his uh, brother Cain actually deserved for killing him. However, contrast that brother's story with another brother's story from the Old Testament, uh, one that is uh, much more hopeful. The uh, story of Joseph, Jacob's son, and his 12 brothers. Do you remember that story of uh, Joseph and his uh, rainbow coat uh, and his brothers who wanted a rainbow coat too? You know, and he dreamed a lot. And one of the dreams he said, You'll bow, my, my, you, my brothers, will bow down to me as if I'm a king over you. And so uh, in retribution, they, uh, they, they basically they, they pretend that he's killed and sell him off to slavery uh, for 20 pieces of silver as if he were dead to them. And he goes off into Egypt where he eventually works through the system after being in prison and becomes a prince of Egypt under Pharaoh who, uh, who uh, you know, is a sort of, bureaucrat, uh, sort of bureaucratic person uh, in, in the, the, the nation of Egypt. And there's a famine and his brothers have to come into Egypt to get some food. And who do they have to go talk to? They have to go talk to Joseph. But they don't recognize that it's their own brother. And in this instant, just as Abel's blood cried from the ground for vengeance and retribution, Joseph in his power, sitting there on that middle manager's throne as a prince of Egypt, could have uh, cut off their heads. You know, just like Nishka. 
he had the power in that seat. But what did he do finally at the end of the day? He forgives them. He hugs them. He takes them in as a member of his household. He didn't give them the violence that they deserved, but he gave them the mercy that they did not deserve. And this uh, unexpected mercy in this story is sort of an image or a foreshadowing of the hopeful things to come in Jesus Christ. The author of Hebrews contrasts Abel's blood with the blood of Christ, of Jesus. The blood of Christ, we hear, speaks a better word, a better word than the blood of Abel. This is the word of undeserved mercy and not the word of retribution. Uh, The blood of Christ and the hope that it provided was represented by Mount Zion. And this metaphor here that we have in uh, chapter 12, contrasting Mount Sinai with the thunder and the doom with Mount Zion, at the place of mercy and hope. What about now? You know, in uh, 2016, Hebrews is a great book to read all the time because there's always stuff going on in the world. But I feel like, don't you feel like right now, in 2016, things are crazy if you read the news? I mean, I think things are, it's just, it's all the stuff. It's crazy if you read it on, on the Internet. Don't go on Facebook. You read the newspaper, presidential election, things happening in the Middle East, people shooting each other all the time. I mean, it's just, it's it, it, especially during a time like this, Hebrews is, uh, is really helpful to read because it, the author of the Hebrews is writing to an audience that feel, that's been through persecution, who, that they're suffering. They're experiencing things a lot like Christians in the Middle East are experiencing now. But, you know, I mean, maybe it's not as drastic for you. Uh, it could just be the sort of everyday drudgery of life. We live in a sort of uh, litigious uh, and coercive society that demands uh, vengeance all the time. Uh, you know, just consider the exhibits of um, exhibit A, B, and C of uh, Internet trolls, <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about, uh, the IRS, <laughs> and ISIS. You know, that all start with I. Um, uh you know, it, to varying degrees. And even if you're not experiencing ISIS yourself, I'm sure it, it, uh, it, it provides some anxiety for you either way. But these are the kinds of things that we have to deal with. But maybe it's, uh, it's more simpler for you. Maybe it's just illness. Uh, maybe a terrible relationship that you're in or uh, depression, uh, anxiety. I was reading recently that the uh, search on Google for the word anxiety has gone up tremendously in the year 2016 versus previous years. It goes up each year. Uh, it's like a you know exponential rate in 2016 anxiety. So you're probably experiencing it. And as I said, just the sort of getting by, you know, the sort of the constant disappointment of everyday life. There's there's perhaps blood spilled on the ground, and its voice seems to be crying out to condemn you. Where is the hope? Where's the release? Where's the mercy? Uh, there's a controversial uh, pastor in uh, Colorado named Nadia Boltz Weber, um, who you might have heard of. She's a Lutheran pastor, and um, she likes to tell the story about a wedding that she was supposed to do. And part of the story, she explains that uh, when people become new members of her church, she always remembers to tell them that eventually we will disappoint you. 
as a church. It's just a matter of time. You know, you might come in feeling, and I can say that to you, you know, the Advent will disappoint you. But she says this, so we'll eventually disappoint you. Well, she was supposed to do this wedding, uh, this couple, and she mixed up her dates. And at the same time, she was also supposed to be speaking in Australia. And they've already paid thousands of dollars for her to come do the speaking engagement that she couldn't get out of. Um, and uh, she she was trying so hard to get out of the speaking engagement down in Australia so she could do this wedding and felt terrible about it. The, the, to do this wedding for these two people that she loved, she didn't want to disappoint them. And she had a text message conversation one night with the bride, and uh, the bride said, um, this is it, isn't it? And she said, what are you talking about? Text back. And she said, the, the time when you'll disappoint me. <laughs> and Nadia says, you know, dang it, it is, uh, you know, confessing it. And the next morning, she wakes up to an email that said, dear Pastor Nadia, we release you. Uh, we'll have another pastor do the wedding. Go to Australia and do the speaking engagement. Uh, I love that story, the, 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 the release, the mercy, even though, you know, in the eyes of the Nishkas of the world, and maybe you've been in a similar situation where you were in a pickle, um, we, we, uh, we feel like we don't deserve that kind of mercy. And yet they were giving it to her, and it's so hard to receive that grace. But it is an image of... Uh, the, the grace of God that we have in Jesus Christ through his spilled blood that the author of Hebrews talks to us so much about throughout this book. And Hebrews gives us a sort of eternal reassurance of this kind, like with Nadia, but to a, a greater degree. If anxiety is going up exponentially, the reassurance of the grace of God is going up exponentially too, because it's eternal. Uh, you know, if I think about myself as a father, um, I'm absolutely unpredictable. Uh, you know, I'll say one thing to my children in terms of like consequences on the one hand and over here it'll be, you know, it's, it's, it'll be totally different. It depends on the, the mood I'm in or what I ate for breakfast or how well I slept last night. You know, I try to be benevolent, but I fail all the time. Uh, you know, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm shaky, as it were, uh, depending on these different variables. But we have a father. Uh, we have a father with a capital F whose kingdom is unshakable. You know, it doesn't matter what mood God the father is in, what breakfast he ate or how well he slept. We know that we have an eternal hope. Uh, we have reassurance and what will happen in relation to him uh, because of the mediation of Jesus Christ. Uh, and it's unshakable, as the author of Hebrews says, this kingdom uh, will not move from that message. Uh, the, uh, the, the son of God who uh, on the foothills of Mount Zion was hanging on a cross to be killed and his blood was being shed and his brothers exchanged him for 20 pieces of silver too. And while that was happening, he said, uh, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. And that is the message for us. We were one of them out there to have him crucified. Uh, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. And the author of the Hebrews uh, of Hebrews wanted us to know 
that very message, no matter what is happening in the world, no matter what's happening out there in the world, on the Internet, uh, in the Middle East, no matter what's happening in the drudgery of your daily life, that is the message for you, for us. We have an unshakable reassurance in this message uh, that we will not be hunted down by a Nishka-like God that uh, will, you know, due to even our smallest failures, string us up. But instead, uh, we have uh, a God who desires mercy uh, because of the intervention of Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God for that. Amen.